I want you to think for a minute about what for you at this time is your greatest source of agitation. What for you is maybe the greatest source of worry or greatest source of anger? Just what's that thing in your mind or your heart right now that just is really leaving you unsettled in, in a serious way, not just about kind of trivial everyday things? What has you rattled right now? So hold on to that happy thought for a minute. It's interesting as we come to the end of every liturgical year, and obviously I think we know Advent is coming. This is the last week in ordinary time, the 33rd week. We have one more after this, and then we go into Advent. But every year what the church does in our readings is it takes us right up to the brink of the passion of Jesus, right up to the brink of where we're gonna go in Holy Week right up to the brink of Jesus' arrest, crucifixion. We get it in the Sunday readings. We get it in the weekday. For those of you daily mass goers, in the Gospel of Luke, we were going right up near the end. And as you do that in all of the Gospels, all three of the synoptics, the readings get more and more tense and intense. And there's anger and there's violent situations being described. Chapter 13 of Mark, where our gospel tonight comes from, is sometimes called the little apocalypse because Jesus talks about basically end of the world type imagery. In all of the gospels, just before you launch into the last week of Jesus' life, they build up to this tense, tense moment. And the church leads us there. They lead us all the way up to the brink of Holy Week. But of course, it's not the brink of Holy Week. Because right when we're there at the edge of Jesus coming into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, they take us back. They pull us all the way back. And then we move into Advent. We go from this incredibly intense moment into the quiet, somber tones of Advent and four weeks of waiting. Well, what's up with that? Why do they take us all the way to the brink of the climax of the whole thing where there is a lot of tension and agitation? And then just when we're primed, where the scripture wants to take us into those last days of Jesus' life, the church says, I want you to go back. I want you to go back to Advent. That's going to be the start of our year. And then we're just going to walk all the way through with Jesus. Well, now go back to what's agitating you. Because for most of us, we're not agitated by stars falling from the sky or earthquakes, everything Jesus is talking about in tonight's gospel. But I think the church is saying, I want you to look at these challenging readings because I want you to look at what's challenging in your own heart and mind and life right now. Everything that agitates us, everything that causes those highly charged emotional feelings, there's a reason why we react that way, and most of the time, those are secondary responses. Anger. Anger usually isn't just about anger. It's because there's something underneath, and the anger is our sort of desperate attempt to bring some control into the world. An angry person seems like they're out of control, but if you think about it, when you're angry, everything fits in its place. Even it's just according to our irrational fantasy. So, I think when the church says, I want you now, have this in mind, but now I want you to move into those gentle tones of Advent. It's an opportunity to say, if I can just 
appear beneath the agitation. If I can just for a moment grab a little bit of calm, then I want to open up. I want to pull back the curtain. It's what apocalypse means, right? Reveal. That's why the other name for that book is Revelation. I want to look beneath the anger or the worry or the fear. And where's the fragility? There's almost always a fragility underneath those intense emotions. What is it that I'm trying to protect? What is it that I'm afraid of bringing out into the world? What is so fragile or vulnerable that when I'm in this or that situation, my reaction is clenched fists and angry voice, tense, agitated. It's not easy to go to those places. But I think there's a real wisdom there that our church invites us into when they lead us all the way up to this point in the gospel and then take us all the way back to the beginning. So maybe just a little invitation as a spiritual exercise for us in this last week, almost last week of ordinary time. Because if we're brutally honest with ourselves, we can name that point of agitation or anger. We can name that thing that's rattling our cage. And for some of us, we wear our hearts on our sleeves so everybody else in our life knows that that's the thing. Others of us are much more cool and controlled and maybe nobody would guess, but we know for ourselves what's there. And put the church calendar to work, talking to myself as much as to all of you. Maybe just pray for the grace, because this is more than just human effort. If we could do it on our own, we'd all be feeling fine. But to pray for the grace, say, Lord, I just want the courage to step back from the brink of the anger, or the agitation, or the rage, or the fear. And I want to sit with you. And I want to let you into this place that I've been trying to keep everyone else away from. It takes a lot of guts to do that with people in our lives, and it takes a lot of guts to pray that way as well. It's a very different kind of prayer than, Lord, don't let me be angry. Lord, take away my agitation. This is, Lord, I want you to come in into the very inner room. All the locks are off. All the lights are on. I want to meet you there. It doesn't happen automatically. It happens through conversations with people we love and trust. It happens through carving out a little extra time for prayer. It happens through looking in the mirror, either literally or figuratively, and saying, Lord, I want to look at myself here, and I want to take you with me. It's a beautiful grace to pray for. If you want to be healed from anger or rage or crippling agitation, then pray for the courage that comes with Advent grace.